This is the business of sports. We're in a situation that we haven't dealt with in modern times. The pandemic here has really accelerated the investments that we've been advocating for for years. From a macro standpoint, I think our sport industry is really forced to look at the business a little bit differently. In-depth conversations with the leaders in the sports industry. Who wants to be the sacrificial lambs that shows up at the first big major sporting event? We're part of something much bigger than sport right now, and the health and safety of our stakeholders is what's most important. Every moment, I think we're all from a business perspective thinking about the impact that the virus is having across the country. Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio. Hello, I'm Jason Kelly. And I'm Mike Lynch. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Jason, what do we want to talk about today? Well, Happy New Year, first of all. We're all happy that 2021 did arrive. Lots of sports to talk about. I, for one, was pretty much a homebody over the holiday, so I did watch a fair amount of sports. So let's start with the NFL because we've got a bunch of wildcard games, six, in fact, coming up this Mm -hmm. weekend. Everything was set, but we've talked about it on this program a lot. The NFL season sort of ended the regular season the way it was throughout kind of bumpy lynchy to say the least (laughs) yeah but you know what they did make it to the finish line of the regular season even though there was staggering and there was uh, you know a a bunch of positive tests Uh, alvin kamara won uh, one big name with the new orleans saints but they made it and you know they're here now and now it's you know two days of being horizontal for 12 hours on the couch on saturday and sunday yeah it's going to be amazing i mean Michael Barr, one thing that I think we're all taking stock of, you and me specifically, uh, neither of our uh, favorite teams, you, the Lions, me, the Falcons, have a head coach going into uh, the (laughs) non-playoff situation here. A couple more. We're taping this on a Monday, uh, Monday, January 4th. A couple other uh, coaches relieved of their duties, the the coach of the Jaguars uh, and the coach of the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 uh, Adam Gase. Uh, being given his walking papers. I mean, this is when this happens, and none of these are are shocking, but what do you think happens with all these vacancies? Any idea? Well, right now you're in the, gee, I wonder who could fill that. And then, you know, all of us now are talking, just like you're talking about right now. It's like, see, you you know, Lynchy doesn't have to worry about that because he's got, (laughs) you know, he's got the coach of coaches. Meanwhile. Yeah, not going so well. Let's let's not let him off too easily. It's not going great in New England right now, but we'll set that aside for a second. Go ahead, Bar. No, I I just, I don't know who's going to take over. Uh, There's so many names out there. Uh, What about Dabo Swinney? Could he could he take over the Lions or could he take over the Jaguars? Uh, one of the colleagues here at work, uh, Amy Morris, is pushing for Dabo to take over the Jaguars because Doug Marone was shown the walking papers. I, I could see that as a good fit, though. Possibly. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, obviously, we'll get to college football in a second. I mean, Clemson definitely spit the bit, as they say, uh, in the <laughs> semifinal, um, owing in part to just a off-the-charts Uh, performance by Justin Fields. But, you know, Lynchy, one thing I do think a lot about, and I go back to our conversation with Jason Wright, a couple of conversations we had over the course of the year, president of the Washington football team, which is headed to the playoffs, by the way, sort of Mm -hmm. limping out of the uh, powerhouse NFC East there. That's sarcastic for anyone who's not paying attention. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I do think about with all these vacancies, you know, are we going to see a real consideration of the Rooney rule? Are we going to see more 
GMs and coaches of color, you know, get either get promoted or hired. I have to think teams are feeling some pressure on that, and rightly so. Yes, well, if, if the calendar year produced anything uh, positive, it was the awareness and, and opportunities. And I think that you'll see uh, an aggressive approach by NFL owners to fill those positions uh, and give serious consideration to those who are qualified and who are uh, minorities, and, and rightly so. And I uh, hope that is one of the residues of, of a bad year, 2020, one of the good positive residues. Well, certainly I know that that's front of mind for a lot of Atlanta Falcons folks with Raheem Morris being mm-hmm. the interim mm-hmm. coach there. He's the only one, it, as far as I can tell, uh, in terms of reading up and talking to people, he's the only one who's been seriously interviewed at this point, which is not to say they won't interview other folks, but uh, a lot of movement going around. A lot of movement as well in college football. And similarly, I'll sort of quote you back to you, uh, Lynchy, I mean, they did get across the finish line. We do have, or we're about to the finish line. A week from today, we will have a national championship played, Ohio State versus Alabama. Uh, Two blowouts, but not really what we expected. A lot of money on the line, certainly when it comes to those Power Five conferences. Again, just dominating uh, the college football playoff landscape. I mean, wow, wow. You know, I actually wondered on on Twitter the other night, could Alabama win the NFC East? Yeah. <laughs> yes. 100% yes. Especially if Doug Peterson is coaching against them, I think. I yes, mean, just exactly. Given some of the moves that he made toward the end of the game last night. But, you know, I, I was reminded, Lynchy, of several conversations that we had, especially toward the end of the year with Joe Nocera, with Amy Privet Perko of the Knight Commission, the money, the money, mm. the money that is mm. driving college football is it's unbelievable in many ways. And I know in, in one of your emails you wanted to talk about Texas, so I hope I'm not going to steal your thunder Please, here. Please, steal it. Um, you know, they fired Tom Herman. They're going to pay him a $15 million, uh, buyout, and they're going to pay $9 million, uh, roughly to his assistant coaches for a buyout. Then they hire Steve uh, Sarkeesian, and uh, they're probably going to pay him somewhere in the vicinity of $24, $25 million. Meanwhile, this is the same university who laid off 35 people in their athletic department and had 300 people in their athletic department take a pay cut. Yeah. Uh, if I'm one of those people, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not throwing my uh, two fingers up in the air and say hook them horns. I'm uh, saying I'm, I'm giving them some other hand signals. <laughs> I mean, Barr, this is this is perverse. I have to say, like, I could not believe it when I read about that, the payout. The can, buyout. Can I mean, that's unbelievable. If we walked into work, all three of us, and they said, all right, you're done. We're going to buy you out. Here's $9 million. Okay. <laughs> all right. Woe is me. And I'm out the door, man. And 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 you hit the nail on the head, Lindsay. It's like, if I'm one of those people that got laid off and these guys are getting these sweetheart deals, I, I'm, I'm getting this golden parachute, you want to call it that? I'm, I'm mad as all you know what. By the way, and I, I went down a rabbit hole in this because I was so fired up about it. Sarkeesian, as an assistant at Alabama, is already making $2.5 million. Yeah. I go back to the idea. I go back to a couple things. One, 
these are public universities. These are state employees, by the way. <laughs> these are the highest paid state employees in Alabama and Texas, I think it's fair to say. The football coaches, and we've talked about this in this program before, are almost always the highest paid public employees in any given state. That's one. The second is, I go back to what the Knight Commission has found, which is big-time college football, it is, it's on another planet. And, and all the evidence you need is sitting right there at the University of Texas. And by the way, Tom Herman, winning coach, like had a great record. Like I don't <laughs> I understand yeah. it. And apparently I was reading something on ESPN this morning that said three weeks ago, he basically got an attaboy from the administration. Be like, you're doing a great job. He won the bowl game. Like he did everything he was supposed to do. And I guess, you know, to both of your points, he's like, all right, well, I'll take my $15 million. He's going to get hired somewhere else. And, you know, all's going to be fine. Cry no tears for Tom Herman. But it's just I, I just I can't think of any other word other than perverse. I mean, this is why we're in such a pickle when it comes to the NCAA. And at a time, as you rightly point out, Lynch, you were not just at Texas, but at colleges and universities across the country, we are cutting programs mm -hmm. and, you know, depriving other student athletes of something. And by the way, and now I'm really fired up, by the way, this <laughs> is coming. You know how much any player who played for Tom Herman is making right now? Zero. Zero dollars. I just, I can't, I, I have a really, really, it, it breaks my brain. I like it when your nostrils flare like that. I can <laughs> see it. I do. I do. Bar and I are just sitting back and said, let that pony just go, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, for whatever reason, like maybe it's like I grew up, spent some of my growing up years in Texas. Like I get it. College football, high school football, it's a big business. Like UT, it is a cult. Like people love it. But I just, it, the, the guaranteed payouts, I think, especially just really sort of rile me up. You know, it's like the golden parachutes in, in corporate America that we've been uh, all decrying for years and years. It just it just doesn't it just doesn't sit right. Just doesn't sit right. Well, when was the last time Texas was relevant in the national picture when Vince uh, Young Vince led them Young. to the championship yeah. in, the, in the Rose Bowl? Right. right. Yeah. And, you know, and this is an, an institution that uh, always was part of the national picture and the national conversation. But. You know, they haven't been in the in, in the seven years we've had the playoffs uh, system. They haven't been in, in, in involved in it, correct? Yeah, yeah. And you know, they're looking at Alabama every year. They're looking at Ohio State every year. They're looking at Clemson every year with a sprinkle in of Georgia and Oklahoma. And they said, "We want in. And how can we get in? How can we get a ticket? We'll get a ticket by taking Alabama's offensive yeah. coordinator, and he's going to get us into that thing next year." Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, we'll see whether, you know, he can work some magic. It is a storied program, as, as we're all alluding to. So, in any case, uh, the NBA, it is yeah. playing again already. And we got a chance to catch up with Mark Tatum right before the end of the year. And he was pretty optimistic. And an interesting note, we talk a lot about equality on this show. And Becky Hammond, the first woman to coach an yeah. NBA team, albeit just for a few minutes, uh, Popovich thrown out <laughs> in a game against the Lakers uh, last week, and she took the clipboard. And you know, you got Popovich gets a lot of kudos for lots of different things. Yeah, but the <laughs> the understated way Lynchy that he did it, where he basically was like walking off. He's like, "By the way, you're in charge. See you later." <laughs> and then even the way he downplayed it, I think after the fact, spoke a lot about his character yeah. and, and and you know, and maybe where we're headed from here. 
You know, the cynic in all of us says, well, okay, they're in L.A., they got a big television audience. He says, maybe I'll get my, myself tossed out of here and just put Becky in charge. Uh, I know that's not the case, but the cynic in me says that. But, yeah, he basically says Sort of like Hoosiers. Charge. Remember in Hoosiers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, thought, yeah. I thought of that scene where Gene Hackman's like, watch this. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, Popovich came back the next day and he said, you know, we didn't hire her to make history. We hired her because she earned it and she's qualified. Right. You know, right. enough said. And, and Popovich, when he speaks, people listen. Yes. Yes. They always Absolutely. do. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So, Barr, what are we missing? What, what's on your, uh, on your radar uh, for the early part of 2021? Oh, my goodness. About? You know what uh, is happening next month? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how bad it was and how, how I'm jonesing for this. I was driving into work this morning, and I'm listening to a broadcast of the 1980 Talladega 500 on the radio. And, and all of these names are just flooding back. Buddy Baker, all these names, David Pearson. I can go on and on and on. And now I'm really just I'm, I'm up for it because next month, uh, you, I, I will be uncontrollable. I can tell you that now. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the 14th, right? Is that, that, yes, it is. And then the week Valentine's before that, Day. of course, that's when they run the clash. Uh, yeah. Well, they used to call it Budweiser shootout. But, before, but now, uh, I, I can't wait. Uh, this, this is going to be exciting. Big money in car racing. I mean, we know that we we know that to be true, and we know that the fan base is there, and and especially, um, you know, down south where I hail from, you know, a lot of people will turn out for those races. A lot of people pay a lot of attention to it. So uh, yeah, don't forget by the way who's going to make its uh, debut, the Jordan team. The Jordan team. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. Yeah, so we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that. Well, later on in the week, we're going to check in on the NHL. They are dropping the puck before too long here. Next week, I believe that is happening. We're also going to catch up with some news that happened just before the holiday, which is our old pal Paul Rabel, uh, a big, big deal. The Premier Lacrosse League merging with really buying, let's be honest, uh, in the argot of Bloomberg, after all, buying the Major League Lacrosse, the MLL, and uh, putting it all together. So a juggernaut in the world of lacrosse. PR will join us later on this week on our weekend show. This is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. You can follow me on Twitter at Big Bar Sports. And I'm Mike Lynch. You can follow me at LynchyWCVB. And I'm Jason Kelly at Jason Kelly News. We're here each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday Exploring the world of money and sports. Stick with us. It's going to be a heck of a year. And you can see them coming out of four, getting ready to take the green. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports on Bloomberg Radio around the world and online, wherever you get your podcasts. Go, go, go. Go.